Hey there, and welcome to another podcast from Dream Chasers. Today, I have on the line today a very close friend of mine, ex-NFL player, Donald Thomas. How you doing today? I'm good, man. How you doing? Man, I'm good. Good to have you on, brother. Very close friend of mine. Um, been through been through college sports, high school sports, NFL. Be a great guy for parents to hear kind of a little bit about his journey. Tell me a little bit about your journey uh, through sports. Uh, what did you play coming up? How did you get to football? Let me know a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Connecticut. Okay. So uh, I grew up in I grew up in Connecticut. I was born in Haven. Grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I really only played uh, two sports: baseball and basketball. Okay. Uh, my mother was a little overprotective and didn't want me playing football, right. so she always had an excuse every year why I couldn't play. But I was really good in in baseball and basketball, so I really didn't care because I was always playing one of them sports all year round. You know right. what I'm saying? Probably more so. I was always playing baseball whenever the weather was permitting, you know. So right. that was one of my things that I think, you know, kept me from football was my love for baseball and basketball so much that it just took it over. And I, by the time I was really serious in sports, I was so serious with those sports that right. football wasn't even, you know. But I was always a big dude. Like, I was always a big kid growing up. I was always biggest in my class, tallest, you know, heaviest dude. Right. And so it was more so like kind of, you know, was a bully on the court, <laughs> power hitter. But really, I was – I really should have been on the football field. So, um, you know, and my my mother was a teacher. My father worked for the Boy Scouts, um, and he worked in New York. So he would commute every day. Right. Um, and uh, so there was – like, there was all me and my sister a great deal about just, you know, academics more so than sports. Like, they wanted right. – you know, my parents grew up in the South in the 50s. Okay. So you can imagine what their mindset was like, you know. So they were just like, yeah, going to college, you guys are going to – be successful right. and they didn't look at you know sports as being one of those things like yeah, of course they always say you know that they wanted to see us play but it wasn't you know want to see me play professionally for the Yankees or whatever but right. it was more so you know just encouraging your, your child right. I don't think they really really thought that you know that it was a possibility you know because you know it's it's from what I've gone through all mm-hmm. that is it's, it's a rarity but you know we'll get to that right. um but, you know, so, I, you know, I, I really focused on academics and baseball and basketball and ended up going to UConn um, as a regular student in okay. baseball. I got, you know, I offered a couple of scholarships to St. John's and Seton Hall, but they weren't full scholarships. Baseball is a little bit different. It's partial scholarships. Right. Got looked at by some schools and, um, you know, but it just didn't work out. I tried to, you know, walk on to UConn and that didn't work out for uh, baseball. And so right. I was at school being a regular student up at UConn and, um, you know, I, as the freshman year went on, I met um, some of the football players and right. they couldn't believe that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I went there and I was that big and I wasn't doing anything. Wow. <laughs> so, um, once the season was over for them, that following Saturday, everybody was in the, in the student gym playing basketball Saturday morning. I met, like, all of them. Well, right. the majority of them, they, they couldn't believe I went there, like, the older, the older dudes or whatever. Right. So, it kind of convinced me, like, Maybe I should, you know what I'm saying, be able to go out here and bang with these dudes. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm right. big enough, right? So, right. you know, I just kind of was like, crazy idea to think you can just walk on to a Division One football team and never played an ounce <laughs> of football, a snap of football before. It's right. kind of far-fetched for some, you know, and I, I really thought it was far-fetched for me, but I thought it was 
attainable as well just because of I don't know, I just always had like that mindset like I can do that. Right. You know, right. like I wasn't afraid, I wasn't I just wanted to be a part of that. Like I I think me wanting to be a part of the team mm-hmm. more like more so than actually contributing and playing, right. I think was, was at that time was what I was really striving for. Okay. Um just to be able to tell my kids that, you know, daddy played division one football, right. see those see those guys on on T V and college, like I played at that level. Right. Um, and so that was my that was my main goal and focus. Right. Um, was just to do that. And so I came home Christmas break, started lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Told my parents what I was going to do. Um, and the crazy part is one of my one of my teammates in high school basketball. His older brother went to UConn. And he proved a starting guard at UConn. Okay. Offensive guard. Mm-hmm. So we kind of linked up while you know not during the season, but after the season, I went home for Christmas break. He took me to gym. We started lifting together and everything like that. He had a lot of untapped potential strength-wise, and I just was – he was just – he just kept pushing me. Right. You, know, you can add this way, add this way. You can do that. I know you can do it. And so I just, you know, focused on when I got into school, really, like, working out, running, lifting every day, sometimes right. seven days a week. Like, it didn't matter. Right. And uh, one day um, I saw – I'm in the student gym lifting, mm-hmm. and I see Coach Edsel. He's, he's the head coach at UConn on the – the track outside running and I see him through the windows and I just was like, you know what? I'm about to go say something to him. Right. So I just dropped everything. I just dropped everything I was doing. I just ran out the, I ran out the, um, the building. Mm-hmm. I had to run all the way around the building because you couldn't go out the back doors to right. Where, right where the field was. I ran all the way around the building. I'm talking about, cause I wanted to catch him. But I saw him, he was finishing up. Mm-hmm. I'm spring. I'm, I run through the little tunnel thing, come out. I'm like, run up to him. Just mm-hmm. run straight up to him. Like, hey coach, I was like, uh, my name is Donald Thomas. You know, I'm a student here. I'm out of breath at this time. Like, I'm breathing hard. I'm like, <laughs> right, my name is Donald Thomas. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a student here. Um, I'm a freshman. Right. You know, I wanted to try to see if I could walk onto the football team. Right. He kind of like, he was, he had just been doing his run too. He just, he just like looked at me. Like, he was like shaking his head, like looking at me. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Uh, and you go to school here? And I was like, yeah. He's like, he's like, current student here. I'm like, yes, current student. He was like, and at that time, I'm like 275, just like, you know, a big, a big body on campus. Like, he probably looked at like, yeah, this kid should be playing football. Right. So, um, so I go back and he was like, well, you know what? He was like, I'm going to talk to the football coordinator, um, director of operations, and we're going to get your information. He's like, come in and so we can get all your information and stuff. So I'm like, boom. I go back in. I take my I, I go change my clothes right up to the football office. And by that time, he I guess he had told him that there was some big kid that was trying to walk onto the football team, like the right. coaching stuff. Right. So when I came in, I'm talking to Don Corzine and um all the coaches started coming out just looking. Mm. Right. So I'm like, so they were like, Well, we're gonna give you like a workout like next week. Right. And um so he was like, it's gonna be D coordinator, D line coach, and linebacker coach. So I guess they you know they won't put me on defense at first. So he brought me out there. I'm doing all these drills and stuff like that. And I run a 40. And he was like joking around because it was the end of the school year. By this time, they had already gone through spring ball. Spring game was coming up that Saturday. This was like a Tuesday. Right. He, was like, uh, he was like, what are you doing Saturday? Like joking around, like trying to get me in some pads already. Right. And so um, so I stayed up there. So they let me walk onto the team. I stayed up there like that whole summer, worked out with him, took a couple classes. You know, just got real close with the, football, with the team. It was like something new for me. Mm. And um, that's basically kind of how it snowballed to me getting on the team. And we can go into, you know, 
each year how it progressed to playing time. But Man, that's, you know, I think that you know. I, I got to cut you off, man. That's, I mean, that story is crazy because, you know, we're friends and, you know, you, you, I consider you one of my guys, man. And I never really knew your story. I mean, I, I knew you, you know, made it to the NFL. I mean, you lived the dream, but for you to do that and be self-made, like you actually <laughs> went to the, to the, the head college coach, you know, and let me back up a little bit. You didn't even play high school football, man. That's, I mean, nope. that's the meaning of self-made. This is, this is something that uh, your story can really help a lot of kids and parents uh, coming up, going through some things. I mean, a lot of people always think it's, it's too late. And a lot of, a lot of parents think that they got to step up and they have to do something to, to make their kids great. I mean, one thing behind this podcast is that, you know, everything that's going to happen is going to come from the athlete. And I mean, you are, you are a living, walking, breathing example. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I never really knew your story. I mean, I, I kind of knew some of your story, but I never knew it. And that's, that's kind of crazy, right. too. you know, just to hear from you, you know, that, that was a great story. I mean, that, that could wrap up <laughs> the podcast right there. But uh, man, tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, your, your parents. How did your parents play a role and and who who influenced you? You know, who's obviously? I know you said your guy kind of helped you out, a, a guy that you knew. You know, maybe he might have influenced you. But how did how did who influenced you? And how did your parents play a role in what you you know how you became who you are? Right. So, like I said before, my mom, you know, she was a, a teacher mm. um, in the same city that we went to school in. So. Right. You know, all the teachers knew her, you know, they knew of her. Right. So we, me and my sister, we couldn't get away with nothing. Even even though we didn't go, <laughs> we went to a school all the way across town. You know, I know your mother, right? So it was always one of those. Like, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to tell Veronica when I see her, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's I can't, even, you know what I'm saying? I can't even be like with regular kids sometimes. They all know her or my mom's really friends with her. Right. So, um, so she was always, she was first to get a phone call if I got in trouble. You know, the principal will call, like, Veronica, your son over here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I kind of, I, I, times I may have probably should have been suspended and didn't get suspended. Right. But, you know, so it was one of those. But So my mom was always on us about schoolwork. School, right. you know, was important. Plus, she didn't want us embarrassing her. Embarrassing her right. You know, hearing about her kids, you know, acting crazy when she was a teacher. So then she became a principal and it got even more real. You know, wow. so when I was in sixth grade, she became a principal. Um, at another school across town. And so, you know, then she knew all the principals. She knew everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew every superintendent knew who she really was and everything. So it's like, dang, like, I can't, we can't even breathe wrong. Right. So it was like, she was always just honest about education because that's what, that was her feel. Right. And then my, you know, my dad was, he was a hard worker. You know, he was, he worked for the Boy Scouts, like in the, in the corporate office. And mm-hmm. He, you know, commute every day and drive or catch the train, one of the two, you know, depending on what he had to do that day. But, Right. You know, my, my parents worked hard to, to to keep, you know, me and my sisters, you know, on the right path and everything like that. But, um, so, you know, they played an intricate role, I think, in, in, in developing who I am just because of, this, you know, the stuff they instilled in me and my, in, in my sisters to strive to be, you know, just to be, you know, be good and, and not be average. You know, right. it's, it's okay to be to be average, but, you know, you got to be good at what you're doing, you know, period. Like, whatever you do, Make sure you do it to, you know, to, like, 
fulfill what you're supposed to do the right. correct way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like that. Like, so, you know, that was that. And I think, you know, that kind of led to my uh, success, right. so to speak, uh, football-wise, just because I was always headstrong. Like, I knew I could – I wasn't going to back down from a challenge, you know what I'm saying? So, right. I just think, you know, that that, that was – one thing that kind of helped me out and, you know, to go back to the question as far as like who really inspired me or, you know, I, I really can't even answer that question. I, I didn't grow up mm. with somebody that I just like, I want to be like that person. You know? Right. Like, and there's no, there's no disrespect to anybody, right, for but sure. like, even like with my parents and stuff, like my parents told us, my father told me, I want y'all to be better than me, you know? So, that was like my way of saying, okay, you know, like, I don't want to be like, he doesn't even want me to be like him. He wants to be better than him, you know? So right. I, I didn't look at it like, that's who I want to be like. Yeah, I respect and revered them all, you know, and all the above, right. both my parents. But when they tell you that they want you to be better than them, it's right. different. Like, it's, 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 it's more so like, all right, you see what we're doing, be better than that. Don't even, you can do what we're doing, but we want better for you, you know, as much as we do, we want better for you. So, you know, you look at the ball players and the rappers and the, you know, you're a kid, right? right? So you're looking at all that stuff, but it was never somebody who was like, I'm going to be like him. Right. You know, it was like, I, I just always stayed in my own lane. I was just a kid. I was just having fun playing the sport. You know, I, I, I love the Yankees growing up. I could tell you all about the Yankees. I could tell you all about the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. You know, those are my two, those are my two squads to, you know, I'm a diehard Knicks and Yankees fan, period. Right. Like, but, I watched those great teams and I still didn't want to be like any of those guys. Like I just would want to be myself. I wanted to be my own, my own person, my own man. identity. But I knew I wanted, yeah, but I always wanted to be great, right? So I always wanted to be great. And I always said to myself, like, I want to be a household name. Like, I just can't, no disrespect to my parents. And I told them this before, I was like, I, I can't just go to work and come home. Right. I was like, I just felt, and I said this as a young kid, like, nobody told me this. Nobody told me this. I promise you, nobody told me this. I always just said to myself, like, I want to be a household name. I was like, I can't just, I was like, my life is more than just nine to five and nobody know who I am. Right. I always said that, like, as a kid, I never voiced it, but I told myself that. Right. I always told myself that, like, I just have to do something different. Right. And so I think that, you know, like, even with me lifting, you know, with, with, you know, the players and working out, Mm. You know, it was just more so like, I'm just going to try to be the best I can be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I'm not in competition with these dudes. Like, yeah, I'm in competition with them. But at the end of the day, it's like, right. I know what I want, you know. So I'm really in competition with myself. Right. Because I, I, I always would push myself to, to the next level. Like, you could do, you could run faster next time. You right. could press more weight the next time. You could hit this dude and move him out the way better next time. Like, right. I don't care that I didn't, like, I didn't see people as, I saw everybody as I had to prove myself. Right. I didn't see him as competition. I just saw him as like, I belong here. Like, I'm not just a walk on or I don't, I know you're not going to give me anything. So I have to take it. You know what I'm saying? I think my drive was stronger than a lot of those dudes who was four star, five star, three star recruits, all conference, all district, all right. state, you know, because they've been heralded, you know, at high school as the guy. And right. I was never the guy. I was always a, that good player. Mm -hmm. Quality player, I was good. I was, you know, naming the paper, pictures in the paper, but I was never like the talk of the whole state. Like these dudes right. were, like you know what I'm saying. So I was like, all right, well, let me see what that competition is about. Right. Let me see if I really can, you know, bang with you and 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 
make something happen. So I think that was like my main drive right. to be great was to just prove myself and prove to myself that I could do it. Right. Even when I got to the league, that was my next step was to prove to myself that I could do it. Right. Yes, I was nervous. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna be nervous. That's that's the next level. Like I gotta I have to fill this out real quick. I gotta see what oh, okay, I fit in. Yeah, okay. Now let's make some headway. Now you got your confidence again. Right. You know, and and you just keep striving to be better and prove every day that you belong there too. Right. Like, you know? Right. These, like I came in, I didn't play football until I was eighteen years old. I put it on eighteen. These dudes didn't put on helmets they was eight, seven, right, eight years right. old. They had ten years that ten years of football, thousands of snaps, hundreds okay. of thousands of snaps more than I did. Right. You know? And you made So it. it was like I made it. So it was a lot of salty faces when you know I became a starter or started getting playing time over people or I'm second string and you third stringer on the on the on the scout team and you got a full scholarship and I'm over here, my parents still applying for financial aid and FAFSA and all that, you know, right. hoping that I can get a scholarship so they can figure out a way to start paying their own bills off because they behind the eight ball now. Right. So that was always my drive, like, okay. So I went to the coach like, hey, listen, you know, he knew what it was about as soon as I came and talked to him. Right. I, I appreciate the opportunity, but I was like, honestly, I'm, I work harder than a lot of these, a lot of these dudes when I came home. I, I didn't throw anybody in the bus name-wise, I said, but right. I was like, he was like, no, I know what you mean. He was like, I was like, so, you know, so I really feel like I, I'm earning what I'm overachieving and earning respect from everybody playing time. I feel like I, I deserve some type of scholarship. Right. He was like, well, you know, we'll we get a certain amount we can give out. We'll see what we can do, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, that was, like, the end of this, my junior year. Mm-hmm. And so then my senior year, during training camp, he gave me a scholarship. You know, I sit in front of everybody. Right. Shoot. They pulled me for a ride. And so I was there, you know, and then he asked me to come back for a fifth year. Right. So it was, like, two years of scholarship. So it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good feeling to achieve that, you know, get a uh, I'm full scholarship, you know, player for this school. Like, they want me here. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, Right. A sense of achievement, so to speak, you know? Right. So I think, you know, it's always been a drive for me just to prove myself. Right, right. You yeah, know, your level, always your prove level, myself and everything. Your level of mental toughness, if I could instill that in half the kids that we have, that I know, I mean, it would just change the game. I mean, just being mentally tough and not taking no for an answer, I mean, that puts you to – you know, that puts you to the grand stage. I mean, you know, there's, there's like yeah. you said, there's kids that play from eight years <clears throat> old and, you know, up until they're 21, 22 years old and still don't make it to the NFL. That's a big deal, man. So I definitely yeah. got to commend yeah. you on that. When did you know, what was the moment that you knew you was a pro? When you knew the deal was was kind of sealed? When Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, going into my fifth year, well, my coach asked me to come back during okay. my true senior year, my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And so we had a, we have like a junior pro day at the, like right before spring break. And so they have like, you know, a few, you know, they're scouting kids for their senior year. You know, mm-hmm. the teams will come just to check them out, get first eyes on them. And so like um, Don Corzine, who used to be at UConn as director of football operations, he was now like, the, the, the head college scout for the – So, excuse me, I, I was thinking birds and, you know, so the Cardinals. Right. 
so I run, so now, so we, we do like some vertical and run a 40 and stuff. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to Miami. I'm going for spring break like uh-huh. the next day. Uh-huh. And so, um, that next day he calls me in the morning, like, Hey, uh, you ran really good yesterday. Um, your weight is pretty good. We want to see you get a little bit heavier, but you know, you never know. You might have a shot at this thing. Right. Like, okay. You know, so that's all I really needed at that point. I'm to the league at this point in my head. I'm like, I'm like, now mind you, now mind you, I only started one game in college so far. Really? Two games, excuse me. Two games. Yeah. I started the last two games of the season against uh, Cincinnati Mm -hmm. and Louisville. Mm -hmm. So I start those last two games. And so I only played, I, I, I played in games, but I hadn't started them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I was a starter for those last two games. I was getting ready for the next year, for next year. Right. So at this point now, I'm like, all right, I'm about to really like take it to another level at this point. Like this, right. I'm not playing no more. Right. Like I didn't, I stopped, I, cut, I, I didn't drink the rest of the semester. Right. Like I didn't do any, I didn't go out. Like no, I was straight underground. Like nobody saw unless you knew what class I was going to, or right. or you know, what I'm saying like where I what where I was supposed to be at. Like come to my, I no, you ain't gonna see me. Right? Hey, come on, go out. Nope. No, I'm cool. So I was just focused. So that season started in my fifth year, and it was just curtains after that. Like as soon as I, I forgot we played the first game, but I was just like. I was like, I got to make a statement this year. Like, every play, I got to make a – I can't have a bad snap. I have, I have to make it. And I just went out there and just completely dominated, like, that whole year. Wow. So, after, like, the second game, I started getting, hit, like, agents Agents would call me. Mm-hmm. I started getting emails from agents and stuff like that. I was up on, like, these, like, draft – like, these mock draft boards and stuff. Like, well, my name would be up there. And then mm-hmm. I would have, like, a, a yellow arrow going straight across. Mm-hmm. Where they had a green arrow going up, and then I was just jumping the leader, like jumping the skate, like just ratings every week, yeah. right? Like every right. Sunday, every Sunday it was going up, like projected second round pick. I was first, I was a free agent, now seventh round, mid mm-hmm. round, and before you know, it was like projected second round pick. <laughs> so I'm like, this is crazy. So I was just like, I got to keep going. This is like week six of the season. So now I'm like. I'm balling. I got every game. I'm getting game balls. And, you know, so I'm balling. I'm, I'm playing hard, competing against. This is like when UConn's still in the Big East. So we were playing Pitt, Louisville, right. Georgia Tech. Like, you know, big, like we were playing big schools. Right. South Florida was good. Rutgers was good. Cincinnati was still good. Uh, you know, we were, we were, and we were, I'm saying we were winning. And we right. were top, we were ranked 17th in the nation that right. year, my, my, my fifth year. When we were, we were a good football team. Like we were beating, St. Louisville was like ranked ten at the time we beat them. Mm-hmm. South Florida was ranked like top twenty-five, and we we were right on the cusp. We beat them and broke the top twenty-five. Like we had some big signature wins, right? So we were getting notoriety. We were always on TV, you know what I'm saying? So that just helped me out even more. So like um, by end of the season, I was unanimous All Big East. I was. Uh, Fifth ranked guard on ESPN um, draft board. I got invited to the Hula Bowl. While I was at the Hula Bowl, I got invited to the East West Shrine game. And then while we were at our college bowl game, I got invited to the combine. Okay. So it kind of all just snowballed so fast. Oh, I found the agent once I got done. Yeah. Once I got done with the with the bowl game, and so it just it just really happened real fast. And it was just like I knew I was going, but I, it was kind of surreal. Like you know, what I'm saying I was meeting with teams. 
Right. I knew I was going to the league at that point for sure. But when I really realized I was a pro was once I finally got down there, they picked us up from the airport after I got drafted. And um, I was in the locker room and like Ronnie Brown was in there, Ricky Williams was in there, uh-huh. you know, uh, 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 Joey Porter was in there, mm-hmm. you know, Vernon Carey was in there, like, you know, big name dudes in the, in the, in the NFL. Right. <clears throat> these now these are these are my teammates. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it was it was just crazy. Like That's I'm nice. in I'm in there with Ricky Williams and me and Ricky are at practice talking about our favorite '90s shows. Like <laughs> stuff that people would never even think of. Like you know like. But I was like I'm I'm, I'm here. Right. And then by the second practice of the training camp, uh, when the first practice of the training camp when we reported back, mm-hmm. Bill Parcells was our was our VP, mm-hmm. and he came up to me. He was like. Hey, come here, Donald. Come here. He was like, he looked at me dead in my eyes. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be starting right now. He mm. was like, we about to go to one on one pass rush. He was like, you shouldn't lose now one snap. He was like, he was like, just keep him in front of you. And I promise you, can't nobody get past you. Keep just right. keep him right in front of you. Right. Whatever they do, just stay right in front of him. I was like, all right. So now this is Bill Parcells telling you this, right? right. So we get over to one on one pass rush. And uh, he he always drive a little golf cart around. So <laughs> we go work down the line from, you know, uh, from right tackle down, right guard. So I was playing right guard. So as soon as I was about to go, he whips the, uh, the golf cart around behind the defense, mm-hmm. gets out, stands up, and he's like, he mouths, like, keep him right in front of you. Like, he like, puts his hands in front of his, like, body. Like, but he mouths him, like, keep him in front of you. So I looked at him, just out of my head. I didn't lose one, one one-on-one pass rush that whole day. Wow. So we go back, come back to practice the next day, and then my line coach is like, hey, you're going to go with the ones today. So right. I was like, all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I never looked back after that. Never looked back. I was starting as a rookie. Never looked back. Man, two, year, two, years kinda like, that, two years before that, you was walking on campus not playing football. I, is that correct? Two years? Three years? Was it three years at this uh, point? Three years. Three years, yeah. Man, that's, like I said, the, years, story, the story's blowing me away. Because like I said, you know, you – how was how was you supposed to know that you would have ever got there? You know, you went to school as a regular as a regular kid and got a push. You know, just a push in the right direction. And now you in the in the same locker room with Ricky Williams and talking to Bill Parcells, and that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was that's it was tough. crazy, man. And it was just like I knew I had arrived. So I was I was I, I was competing mm-hmm. like I had been there before. But I just yeah, I was, I was nervous. Once you know, once you get, when you know how it is, mm-hmm. when you get in that battle, you don't have time to be. Yeah, you gotta go. Like you, every, like you know, what I'm saying you, you you revert back to when you was playing. You know, when you was a little kid and going against the older dudes, and you in that fire. Right. And it's like, how you gonna play? You know, you can bang with them. Let's go. Right. Like you're not afraid. You're not afraid no more. It's just a different feeling. I think athletes only can experience something like that. Right. Like it's just like you can't really explain it. Like you can't explain what game day is like. You can't explain what it is to be in a one-on-one battle with somebody. You just zone out. You can't explain it. It's like, but athletes know, you know. And it's just like I was just like that, like zoned out, like every game because I knew I just had so much to prove as right. a young player. And right. it's just to be in the, in that league and be on TV and they talking about the standings and talking about it was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was, it was deeper than. College football is like this is this is the big boy league. This is what 
everybody aspires to do. Right. That's right. like the highest level and only 1% make it in every sport. 1%. Like, you know, 1% is just, it's, it was special. Like, it's something that I was really feel like I was blessed and I was really thankful for. Right. And I think, I, I still thank God for the opportunity he gave me and the life that, you know, he's provided for me because, right. you know, I was expected to just to graduate, come back, live with my parents for a couple of years, figure it out, coach football maybe, right. get a job and, 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 and you know, be, do something with my life. But I didn't think it was going to go to, you know, me being 22 years old down in Miami, 2008. <laughs> Right. You know, like, so it was just like, it was, it was different, you know, you right. go from Connecticut to, to Miami is just like, right. know, getting drafted by then was just crazy, you know, so. And now you, now you your own man. Well, man, you know, you know how this day and age, uh, athletes and parents, it seems like parents are really inserting themselves on the behalf of these athletes. And I mean, I think, I think personally it's hurting the culture because a lot of kids kind of just feel like stuff should be given to them what advice would you give to a parent like obviously I, I know you're 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 a parent of two um what advice would you give a parent that may be going through you know their kid starting to get some notoriety uh or maybe their kid can be good enough and maybe the parent is kind of holding them back what if what what kind of type of advice would you give a parent about how to how to go forward and just kind of base it off of what you went through. Right. I mean, I would say, you know, and, and, and that's a big problem nowadays. Okay, right. Just that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I say, like, for parents, like, let the kids just be kids and enjoy the game and play. Right. And if they're good enough, they will be found. Right. Like, if they're good enough, they will be found. Like, they will stand out. Somebody will see them at whether it's practice in a game, and they will be found. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had parents text me, call me. My son is a junior. What should I do? I have these, uh, these, these agencies uh, calling that, that, that say they can, you know, put film out on them, and I pay yeah. a fee, and they can guarantee to get me in, you know, D1 school. I'm like, listen, like schools will find him right. if he's good enough, period. Right. If, if your daughter is good enough. The school, like, so, like, I get that the, the, the culture has shifted. Now you have, on you know, basketball, you have these circuits, these Nike circuits, Adidas circuits, Under Armour circuits, but the truth of the matter still is, if they're good enough, they'll, they'll, they'll be found. Like, they will be found, and once they get into the circuits to continue to play, have fun. Right. I think there's too much business pressure put on these kids at such a young age now with these Nike, uh, these Nike high school um, combines. And, right. It's just so the game has changed so much. It's like you look at all the great players. If you minus, you know, like even with 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 my my age culture of like in basketball, like LeBron James, that era, Dwayne Wade, and all that, all, they didn't have all this stuff that, that 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 these kids have access to now. Like social media, my generation is like that last generation that you really had to put in that work, right? And just play and be good because they'll come and find you now. You kids don't even have to be half as good. And they got YouTube channels. <laughs> you know, they got, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they got Instagram pages. They have right. Twitter social pages. Media. And, yeah, that social media game, it's just like it's changed the culture so much that I really feel like social media has changed right. everybody the way they look at sports. Right. Because, you know, everything's so accessible. You can see a kid 
they're supposed to be good in, in a full highlight tape, a full game on them. They could be good in, in, in Tacoma, Washington. And right. you live down in, in Washington, D.C., and you watch this kid, like, you, you're the parent. Like, look at this guy. Look, you got to yeah. do this. You got to do this better than him. Look, he, they got you ranked third. They have him ranked second. Right. You, it, and it's like putting so much pressure on the kid. I think sometimes it takes away from the game. But now, like, you see, like, now they want to go back to taking out that one year for, for college and let them go straight to the league and right. make, a, make like, a, like a G League that pays. And, you know, it's just kind of like altering the game. But parents are getting so caught up in all of that. Right. Because, it's so, you know, because everybody wants their kid to be great. But the reality is 1%. I've seen so many parents invest so much in their child right. to get them to that next level. And, yes, their kid may be good. Right. But I tell people all the time, like, every time your kid levels up, mm-hmm. every people get weeded out and exposed in every yeah. level in every sport. It'll happen. Every level. So, so yeah, it will happen. And It'll I don't happen. care how much training you give it. I don't know how much, care how much training you give him. Right. It comes down to is is he good enough to play, and how bad does he want it? Right. He has to like you have to want it. The the, the, the athlete has to want it for himself. Right. No one else can can make you want it more than how bad you want it. Period. Like if that's what you want to do, you have to be great at it. You have to push yourself at it. Right. Like you have to take your parents out of it. Like you have to really just you know what I'm saying like because. A lot of these kids, just like the Ball Brothers, right? We see it. We saw it firsthand. Like you've never seen anybody's father, parents act like that before. Yeah, it's, it was utterly, it was utterly ridiculous. And the kids are so accustomed to it, and know that, they, that whatever their father says goes. Mm-hmm. They don't speak up and tell their father, "Like, chill out. You're really trying to. You're hurting my brand right now." Right, right. I feel like the I feel like the parents sometimes can hurt their child's brand, whatever brand they're creating. Right. Just let the kids play. Let them have fun. Like, I don't put that pressure on my son like that. Right. He knows daddy plays football. He wants to play football. I didn't want to play football, but I don't want to deprive him of something. Right. Because at the end of the day, everybody, he can't, no one, like, the average person, you're never going to hear my story again. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I can't say, like, hold my child out till he's a senior in high school. Right. Let him run out there senior year in high school. He's going to go to Alabama the next year and, and you know what I'm saying like right. I don't know that that will not happen so right. I have to if that's what he wants to do I have to let him do it but I have to make sure that he learns it the proper way right so I, I just I stay in the mix as much as I can right I'll, you know help out coach or whatever but I don't want to be that overbearing parent yeah. like if he doesn't want to do it he doesn't have to do it right period I'm not going to force him to do it I'm not going to make him feel guilty for not doing it because everybody's not a professional athlete. Right. Let the kids have fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was just telling a, a, a parent today, actually, it's funny that we talk about it, mm-hmm. but I asked her, like, you know, would you pay a, a, I asked him, would you pay a certain amount <clears throat> for your child to, you know, get training in, in high school? Like, would you, would, would you pay 500 a month mm-hmm. for your child to get training? Right. Well, I don't know if they're good enough yet. I'm saying, but if they want to do it, would you pay it? Yeah, I'll pay it. I mean, they get, you know, X, Y, and Z training from, you know, a professional athlete, this and that. These parents are willing to spend whatever it is on their kids right. to see them go. And they're like, but, you know, they're never going to play in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFL. I say, it's not about that. Right. That's why everybody's missing the bigger picture. It's not about your child playing in the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the NH. It's not about that. 
Right. It's about giving your child experience. Right. In their childhood, it's about your child going to places where they probably will never travel to right. through sports. It's a way for your child to go to college away from home that they mm-hmm. probably would never dreamed of going to or thought of going to. Right. And ultimately getting them a free education at a good school. Right. Now, mind you, even if you have the means to pay for college, some parents do, but 85, 90% of the parents don't have the amount of money just to shell out 40,000, 30, 25,000 for the kids to go to school per year. Right. <clears throat> so that should be the ultimate goal, right? Is to get your child to get free education at t- a top university and secure something solid once they graduate. Right. But everybody misses the picture of, I want them to, you know, they should go to the league. They're going to leave. We shouldn't be doing this. No, let them do it. Right. It's bigger than just the, it's bigger than just the professional level. Right. Sports, believe it or not, if you don't know about sports, but I know we know about sports, but the opportunities, the, the experiences, the, 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 the places I've gone and traveled to and lived and I never would have done that in a million years if I just, if I didn't play football. Right. Right. Had the opportunity. So it's, it's, it's deeper than just going to, in the ultimate level is deeper than that. Right. It's deep. The connections you make in college, the people you meet, the places you go, the experiences you have. You know, a lot of these, a lot, a lot of kids come from the inner city. You know, po- you know, po- in, in poverty-stricken areas. Right. And this is a chance for them to come from somewhere and do in a new, a new start, mm-hmm. a new outlook on life, a new opportunity. And that's all because sports gave them that. And guess right. what? They know they're not going to the NFL. They right. know they're not going to the, to, to the pros. Right. But they, they use sports as a vehicle, as a vessel for them to get to the next right. level because right. they were good in high school. But they are, some kids are realists and they know, but they, they want that experience because they know that this is their opportunity to not go back. Right. But parents see it as, this opportunity for me to get rich. Right. And it's not about that. Yeah. Because the, the reality is 1%. We take 100 kids, one of them. Right. One of them is going to go to the league and maybe play for a couple of years. Right. You don't, have, you don't have 50 LeBron James in the world coming up right, right. now. You, you, have, you, might, you, don't have, you might not even have one in the next 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's you might have some good players, you have good, but you will not have another LeBron. Right. You will never have a, you. Will, there's not another Tom Brady alive yet. You know. Right. So right. that's what parents are. are they, I feel like a lot of people just miss that whole what it really, what it, what what sports gives you the opportunity to really do in life. Right. Right. Oh man, I I couldn't have said it any better, man. I mean, this is this has been one of the. This is by far probably the best podcast out of all of them. I mean, definitely hearing your story and definitely to to hear how you think. I mean, you know, I, I talk about my brother a lot being an underdog because my brother didn't play until he was uh, really a freshman in high school. You know what I mean? But he's a freshman right. in high school. You, you didn't play. I mean, obviously you played basketball, you played baseball, but you didn't play any football to college, man. That's a, that's a big deal. And I, I commend you on your achievements, man. Uh, definitely from knowing you, I, I always know, knew that you was uh, very headstrong, uh, a very, uh, very mentally tough guy, but 
like I said, after really hearing it from you, I mean, like I read some stuff, but hearing it from you, I mean, that just changed the perspective, man. So respect on that. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, parents, you can definitely, I, I, would, I would take a listen, a hard listen at this, and I would have your kids take a hard listen at this. I mean, this is a, a prime example of uh, what, what we should be trying to push our kids, what direction we need to be trying to direct our kids as we, as we go along. And just like what Donald said, we should always be looking to make sure that our kids are having fun and having the best experience possible. Hey, y'all take care out there. We'll talk to you soon.